Would you pray with me, please? Father, we thank you that you are Lord of all. That you are our strong cornerstone. Father, we can trust you. You are trustworthy. We give you praise because you are worthy of it. Lord, we know in these uncertain times, it's easy for us to begin to look at the situation, begin to to look at our own personal situation, to look at ourselves even for answers. Lord, we don't have those, but you do. And we give you praise for that. We ask that you would continue to lead us this morning as we look into your word, as we continue to turn our eyes to you for the answers that we're looking for. Would you strengthen our faith that we might trust you more? We thank you that you are Lord, even in the situations that we face today. You are Lord of all. Thank you, Father, for this great truth. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to know this morning that we're continuing to to work to give you up-to-date information about our response to this crisis that not just we are facing, but uh, our country and the world. Den will talk more about our response, actually, in, in just a few moments. There are several ways that we are trying to work to keep you up to date. There's several things you can do, actually. You can like our Facebook page, you can follow us on Instagram, or you can visit our website frequently so that you stay up to date with the, the information that we're putting out. Anything that we put out that's new will be on those three platforms right away. We also want you to be aware of the financial need that we're experiencing as a church during this time. We certainly know and understand that many of you have been impacted and are being impacted financially. We want you to know that we're praying for you and we want to help as we're able to do that. We certainly want to ask you if you would if you would consider giving online during this time. Many of you give online already. Some give while you're here in the building, but when you're not physically here, we're asking you to consider to give online. Below in the description section of this video, you'll, there's a, a link that will take you directly to our giving platform so that you can set up an account if you've not done that before, and you'll be able to give online directly. We appreciate you doing that. We would also appreciate prayer. Would you pray for us to have wisdom that we might be able to follow God's leading and knowing how we can best minister to you, our congregation, as well as our community? We'd so appreciate that. One of the things that we want to do is to, is to help, help you as, as you minister to your family and, and maybe to your small groups as well. Maybe you're doing that via video blog. We're not sure. We want to provide resources for you and that you can use with your children, with your youth, if you have those, and also your small group. Once again, in the description section of this video, you'll be able to click on a link that will take you to those resources. We certainly understand as well that in a time like this, it's so good to be in God's word. It's so important. And I'm looking forward to hearing from Denny here in just a moment as he continues our series entitled, Now What? Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks so much, Dave and Bob. We appreciate that. 
As I said at the beginning of the service, all of our events at Community Alliance Church are canceled at, for at least till the March the 30th deadline that we have talked about, certainly have been talked about in our nation. Hopefully and prayerfully, we'll be able to give you more information next Sunday and in next Sunday's broadcast. We also want to remind you that we're doing a number of video blogs trying to keep you informed throughout the week. We're going to send a mailing to everyone that you will get. And we're also having a lot of information on our website and our Facebook page. So if you tune into those, it will try to give you as much up-to-date information as you possibly can. We're also recording this so that it can be produced and shown and shared on video, be it Vimeo, be it YouTube, on our Facebook page, so that everyone can get as much information as possible. I also want to be really honest with you and ask if you'd continue to support us financially through online or through the mail or drop it off at the church. We have streamlined our finances and our staff as much as possible, and we are completely aware of the fact that many of you are in situations where your businesses are closed and you've had to shut down for the next couple of weeks, and we totally understand that. It's fascinating to me that the Lord has led us over a month ago into our current series called Now What? I mean, because it certainly seems like the thing you wonder about almost every morning when you get up and turn on the news, which, by the way, I would encourage you to maybe do a little bit of distancing from that as well. Information is great, absolutely, but sometimes it can overwhelm us. One of the hundreds of things that I love about God's Word is that it's timeless. It was written to and by people who are in a crisis, who are in bondage, who are going through persecution, who are living in very uncertain days, wondering not only where are they going, similar to Abraham in the Old Testament, but when will we get there and what's it going to like when we do? As certainly Moses leading the children of Israel. Section of scripture that we're in right now is out of First and Second Peter, specifically Second Peter chapter 1. And Peter is living in very uncertain times. His own life is living in very uncertain times. And the people he's writing to are wondering what's going to take place next. Will this thing called Christianity and being followers of Christ even last in those days of uncertainty? Last Sunday morning, we began speaking to you about what it's going to be like to be able to stand this test of time or the storms of life. They're going to come. One thing that we can learn from life itself is storms and rough weather are extremely unpredictable and very often unexpected in unexpected ways and places. You know, in your life and mine, it's not if the storm is going to come, it's when. And the issue is when it comes is it can blow hard. And I want to be able to know I can survive them. I want to know that as well. Sometimes they come as a part of life. Scripture very clearly tells us it rains on the just and the unjust. Sometimes they come at some point or the other from things that we never even would have dreamed about. Similar to where we're at right now. Christians are never spared from the difficulties of life just because we become followers of Jesus. As a matter of fact, sometimes because of our faith in Christ, it may get worse as in a variety of other countries around the world. They often come and many times do come and many times the reason for that is to strengthen and deepen our faith. I think we all know that there are a number of things we probably have taken for granted over the last number of weeks, months, or years that now all of a sudden we don't have. And my hope is that after this is all said and done, we're going to value and really appreciate some of the things we've not been able to do. I just love to hug people. Now I've not been able to do that. We've got family that we're concerned about. I have family I'm concerned about. We have people that we're not able to connect to, things that we're not able to do, events that we're not able to participate in. 
My hope and prayer, as well as hundreds and hundreds of other people's hope and prayer, is that we really learn after this is all said and done to value those things. And my prayer is, and our hope is, that even in the middle of all these uncertainties, our faith continues to get stronger and stronger and stronger every day, which is exactly what this section of Scripture is all about and why it was written. And it was written to people who are extremely uncertain about the future. We also need to remember that we have an enemy who's out to destroy us. Peter very clearly talks about that. He was aware of that in his own time with Jesus. He said, I want you to be very alert and very aware of what's going on around you. We also need to remember that we have an enemy who's out to destroy us. Peter was aware of that in his own ministry, his time with Jesus, certainly aware of that over the last couple of months and years of his own journey with Christ. And as now he's writing about that, and in 1 Peter chapter 5, he said, I just need you to know we have an enemy who's out to destroy us. So I want you to stand firm in the faith. He constantly reminds us again of the necessity of strengthening our faith and being able to stand firm in all of that. And then he talks about some of the things that come to us. Storms are going to come. Suffering, difficulty, pain, uncertainty, it's going to come. It's a part of life. It's either that whole thing that we're uncertain of or the things that we're clearly aware of are going to happen as a result of time. They come by God's permission. They come in order to strengthen our roots and deepen our roots. They come at times from attacks of the enemy, which, by the way, God's aware of. Peter said, when they come, I want you to remember these things. I want you to remember the promises of God. I want you to have some clear understanding of some of the things we need to do to strengthen our faith. And I also want to remind you of why it's so important. Let me read to you from 2 Peter chapter 1. To those through the righteousness of our Christ Jesus have received a faith that is as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through our knowledge of Jesus Christ our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them we may participate in his divine nature having escaped from the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. Now, for that reason, I want you to make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to goodness knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, and godliness mutual affection, to mutual affection love. Now, if you possess those qualities in increasing measure, then it will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whoever doesn't do them is nearsighted and blind and forget what they have been called from or been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, in light of all of this, which is why the word therefore is always there, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, which is an incredible promise and the ultimate promise you receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In these few weeks together, Peter's going to remind us of what God has done, which was last Sunday's message, and then clearly reminds us of our responsibility. We're saved, rescued from death by an offer of God's amazing grace, not by anything we have done. It is a gift from God. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. We deserve death. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God devised a plan. He paid the price. He offers it freely. He provides all the resources we need to live the life he called us to. A promise to be with us every step of the way and the promise of heaven. 
It's just some of the things God provides. What he asks of us is to make every effort, puts the responsibility on you and I to do everything we can to embrace all of the resources he has given us. Obviously, to recognize our sin, acknowledge it, receive the gift of salvation that he offers us, partner with God in developing our faith every day, day by day as we journey with him until we see him face to face. See, when it's all said and done, don't you want to know that you've not only survived the storms, but you've grown stronger in them and that your faith has grown stronger and you're able to look God in the eye when we stand before him, knowing we've taken advantage of every single resource he's offered us and we become everything he's designed us to be. Make every effort requires discipline, effort, and intentionality on our part, which means we've got to get into the word. We've got to make sure that we're making application of the word and that we do the works necessary to do that. Now, all of this is built on the premise that we've received Christ as our savior. That's the first step. That's where we begin. But for many people, this walk of Christianity means all I want to know is when I die, I go to heaven. They don't want to go any deeper than that. Coming to faith in Christ, committing your life to him is not the end product of our journey with Jesus. It's the beginning. Once you come to faith in Christ, there are some things that will help you in that journey, things you need to add to be able to be able to stand strong in the middle of that journey, in the middle of all the uncertainties of life. Now, Peter's list, and I'm about to go over here in a moment, is not an exhaustive list or a checklist, but the necessary components of our journey with Jesus. Look at what he says in our foundation of faith. There are a number of building blocks, one that we put on top of the other to strengthen our faith. The first one is goodness, moral excellence or virtue. The ability to choose the good when the choices of good and bad are in front of us. It infers that the more I spend time with Jesus, the more I begin to reflect on his character, the more I begin to reflect his character. And the more often I'm able to make right choices. I mean, you're going to be perfect. It means that the more often I continue to stay in tune with him and connected with him, the more often I see choices in front of me, be they good or bad, the more often I will continue to almost automatically choose the right thing. Knowledge is the second thing. And it's not just knowledge for knowledge's sake or the ability to know or quote scripture. I've known people who've claimed to know Jesus and even quote scripture, but a times are some of the most negative people around it's the knowledge that changes how i act or think i know too many people who read the bible and quote the book but never seem to live it out the issue isn't just about biblical knowledge but the application of what it teaches there are verse after verse after verse after verse we shall not fear we ought not to worry let our concerns be to him don't be anxious about anything Hundreds of verses, literally hundreds of verses in the word of God about some of the things we're worried about right now or concerned about right now. The issue isn't knowing they're there. The issue is being able to apply them so that as I continue to do that, I find that I'm strengthened more in him, worrying less about the uncertainties of life. It doesn't mean that they go away, especially now. It just means that as I continue to not just acquire the understanding of what he teaches and where I can find it, but how it begins to apply to my life and how it applies to my thinking. Jesus confronted some of the most knowledgeable people in his day who had all kinds of biblical knowledge, but never seemed to make practical application of what it is that they knew. 
Self-control is the third thing. It means controlling my desires and my passions and even my thoughts instead of letting them control me. Phrases like, I couldn't help myself, really aren't true. Most of the time, to be honest with you, you could. You just chose not to. Well, we yell a lot in our family. It's not really an excuse. I don't have time to read the Bible. Sure you do. It's taking the time. Let's see now. We have a lot of time to spend our time in the Word of God. It's all about discipline and self-control. It means that I'm honestly aware of my tendencies, the challenges that come with that, and the weaknesses that I have, and I take every step necessary to control it because if I don't control them, they will control me. And I'm telling you, not only do you or should you know your own weaknesses, I know the people around us know our weaknesses, and as clear as I can possibly tell you, the enemy of our soul, Satan, knows exactly what those weaknesses are. And if we don't do everything we possibly can to build on them, to submit them to Christ, to grow in those things that we know we're, we're struggling with, he'll take advantage of that and begin to defeat us in ways that we would have imagined otherwise. Fourth thing is perseverance, which is fascinating in this particular context here. It's the ability to stand firm through difficulty. The ability to endure, to not give up or give in no matter what, to stay the course consistent all the way to the end. Now, this particular context over the last few weeks and certainly the next few weeks to come are going to really push our perseverance and our ability to endure the uncertainties of life to almost its tipping point if we're not careful. But he said it's really important that we do everything we possibly can to not be swayed by the circumstances around us, but our steadfastness and our perseverances in him. The ability to stay the course, to not give in or to give up. Now, perseverance is not a blind laissez-faire, what will be, will be, or it is what it is, or even the Norman Vincent Peale, the power of positive thinking, but a complete and total confidence in the power and promises of God that he will see us through not always out of it, but through it to the end. And he will never, ever leave me or forsake me. One of the hundreds of promises of God, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'll be with you even till the end of the age. He said, I'll walk with you even through the valley of the shadow of death. Doesn't matter what it is. I will never leave you. It's the ability to endure because I know that he's going to walk with me all the way to the end. The fifth is goodness or piety, an obvious awareness that who we are is a reflection of our time spent with God. In the Old Testament, there's a fascinating piece of scripture when Moses comes down off of the mountain with God. It says that his face shone. And it wasn't just because of the fact that he spent time there in a different location or too close to the sun because he climbed on a mountain. It was an obvious awareness that he had spent time with God. In a world of uncertainty right now, you and I have the opportunity to reflect the love and grace of God. When it comes to the people around us who have a need or struggling for things or really uncertain about life, the more we reflect that we have spent time with God, the more confidence that we have in Him, it will rub off on the people around us. For those of you who are parents, you have the opportunity and a clear opportunity to be able to bring that stability to your home to your children who are uncertain about life, who are home now and not able to be in school and many others who are uncertain about the future, whether or not they come back to school in the fall 
whether or not their school is really going to pick up in the next couple of weeks. All of us have the opportunity to reflect our time together with Jesus and then communicate that, not only by the words that we say, but the countless of our being and what we do and how we share with the people around us. It doesn't mean that we're monks walking around in robes and chanting. It really remains that I spend time with God and it's a reflection of my time with him as I do that. Now, the next thing is obviously that not only reflects my countenance, but it certainly reflects the way I treat people, which is interesting because he adds brotherly kindness to that. First John 4 said, if anyone says I love God, but doesn't love his brother, he's really lying. For anyone who doesn't love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God who he's not seen. It infers that we don't just tolerate people. It refers and infers that I genuinely, honestly love them. That I'll bear each other's burdens, that I'll maintain unity, that I won't gossip, that I will avoid prejudice, that I'll build up instead of put down. That gift has to be worked at. Love the brother entails that I share one another's burdens, that I uphold one another. It means that I guard that spirit-driven unity and I keep from being destructive and pulling people down. We're going to have the opportunity in this time together, in these weeks together, to really care, show love, show grace in the middle of all the uncertainties of life. And the final piece of all that Peter says is to love. The word agape that he uses here is to denote an attitude which God himself has shown to us and requires from us as we reflect that back to him. Now in friendship love, which is phileo, the partners seek mutual agreement with one another. I love you because you love me. I'm concerned about you because you're concerned about me. Sexual love is mutual satisfaction. It's the feeling that's aroused when I'm around someone that I love. With agape, it's the reverse of that. God's love is invoked not by what we are or what we have done. It's by who he is. Its origin is in him, not in who we are. It's not about how lovable we are, but he is love. Agape love is defined as a deliberate desire for the highest good of the one I love, which shows itself in sacrificial action for that person's good. This is what God did for us. This is what he wants us to do. It's not about what I receive. It's about what I'm able to give based on what he has given. Now, next Sunday's message is going to be the final section of this passage of Scripture. What Peter's going to do is tell us why all of this is so important. Why it's important that we have a relationship with Jesus, obviously. Why it's important that we add these things to our faith to strengthen our faith, obviously. And he will share that and has been sharing that. What we're going to see next Sunday is why it's so important to add these things. He's going to tell us why in an incredibly important way especially in light of the times in which we're living. On our website, you're going to see ways that you can help us financially. Obviously, we're also trying to make available some questions that you can ask one another, questions that you can share based on the context of the Scripture, based on this particular section of Scripture today. And next Sunday morning, we'll have available to you some questions that you can share as a family or a couple or even walk through with yourself about your relationship with Jesus and what you needed to learn as a result of what God is teaching us in his word. May God continue to walk with us in this uncertain journey and allow us to be able to not only see our faith strengthen and grow, 
but to become stronger in ways that we would have never, ever imagined. He will be here for us and with us and through this with us no matter what. We want to become stronger as a result of what we're learning through this process. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it was never written in a vacuum. It was never written without a clear understanding of what goes on in the world around us. But you have preserved it. Heaven and earth, you said, will pass away. Your word never will. Thank you for allowing it to be our guide and our direction in all of the times of life, especially in these uncertain times. As we begin to process what you want to teach us through this, help us to look back on it all, saying with all the uncertainty and with all the things we didn't ever see coming, we're so delighted that in all of it, we have become stronger and more confident in our faith with you until we see you face to face in Jesus' name.